Welcome to Liberate Your People Pleaser. I'm Brenda Florida, certified life coach, and I am on a mission to liberate people to their authentic power and ideal self-expression. So what's a people pleaser? Well, those of us who are people pleasers are usually very loving and kind. We're empathetic. We also tend to prioritize other people's needs over our own, which leaves us feeling not seen and not heard. We're great at anticipating the needs of others and often put ourselves in second place. We're great doers and nurturers, and we often have the role of keeping the peace, whether it's in our families or in the workplace. Well, the first thing I wanna share with you is that there's nothing wrong with you, but we do wanna take some of these qualities of people pleasing that we focus so much on other people and turn them onto ourselves first, which turns them into our superpower. To find out more, listen to this next episode of Liberate Your People Pleaser. Welcome everyone to this week's episode of Liberate Your People Pleaser. I'm thrilled you're here and I'm thrilled to have my guest today and we just connected right away, Robert and I did. And so it's going to be a really fun conversation that I think is going to not just be fun, but be really meaningful for everybody and really give you some great tangible things to pull out of today's recording and implement in your life right away, which is any of you who know me know that's what I love. Lofty ideals and concepts, pragmatic application in the real world. So Welcome, Robert. Robert Rappel is here. He wrote a book called Success Left a Clue, which I love. Just the title is enough, right, to hook me totally. And uh, so I would love for you, Robert, just to give everyone listening a little bit of your backstory, what makes you who you are, what brought you to writing the book, and then we'll dive into some other things today. So welcome and uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Oh, well, first of all, Brenda, I feel so blessed to be here because you're right. The moment you and I connect is like, obviously, we have a lot in common. Uh, I'm the youngest of four children. And to get my share of attention, I became the people pleaser. Mm. And I got to tell you, especially if I wanted you to like me, I became like that little dog. (laughs) Like me, like me, please. (laughs) Right? That would normally drive people not because they'd be like, get away from me. But that's all I knew. And when I was growing up, my parents taught me when it came to work that you, when you work, it doesn't matter if you like what you're doing or not. Mm-hmm. You do whatever you need to do to take care of your family. When you open that door to work and step through, you leave all your problems behind. You be there for the job. And if you do that, you can be successful. And so when I started working, that's exactly what I did. But the problem is, by the time I turned 21 years of age, I'd actually been laid off from three jobs, downsize, closing of a factory. And so my mind's going, but they said, and I'm doing that, I'm trying to please them, I'm trying to please my bosses, why is this not working? And I'll tell you, thank goodness I learned at such a young age, one of the biggest lessons, if I wanted any kind of success in my life, I had to take control of that success. And where I live in Canada, I live in Alberta, And back in 1989, when I got laid off from that third company, I'm newly married. I want to take care of my parents. 
or my parents, my, my family, my wife. And I, so it kicked in what my parents had taught me. Okay, you know, do whatever you need to do, whether you like it or not. But the only job I could find was delivering pizzas for Domino's Pizza. And I went, well, I've delivered pizza in the past to earn extra income. I'll do it. And I found actually I was having fun because here I was getting paid to drive around, window down, listening to music and meeting people. How much better could it be than that, right? <laughs> and I actually started making more money than I'd made in my past real job because I was working seven days a week. I, I also know how to work hard. Mm. And, you know, kind of fast forward, I went from being a driver to also being a manager because my franchisee sold his store and bought two in exchange. So I knew he, I wanted something more permanent. I didn't do it. And, and here's the funny part, um, Brenda, I didn't do it because I wanted to. I did it out of necessity because my mind went, the new owner might come in and lay everybody off. So how do I advance? How do I make sure I don't lose this job? Uh, yeah. And so I thought, well, if I become a manager, I'll go with my new friend, my franchisee. And so I started doing that. My wife became my assistant manager. We had moved to a whole new city to do that. And a year and a half later, my franchisee realized he had made a bad decision going to two stores and he wanted out of Domino's Pizza. We wanted in. I'm now qualified to be a franchisee. But again, we wanted to be franchisees, but we had no money. But our fear was greater than the money issue because it was, again, we knew that managers were the first to go when a new owner came in because they might say, you're the problem why the store is not doing well. So we are like, we need to buy this store. We need to become franchisees. And thank goodness, something I have going for me is passion because we found a way. It took us about four months of learning, making a lot of mistakes, mm -hmm. but learning all along the way. And we ended up actually not buying the store we were working in. We actually bought both of the stores he had for sale. And we actually did it with no money of our own. And we became franchisees. And Brenda, when we became franchisees at the age of 23, we were like, oh, we've got it made. We're now business owners. But we didn't know squat. Mm -hmm. We knew how to make pizza. We knew how to take care of the customers, but we didn't know the business side. And we learned, you know, we probably should have failed within the first six to months to two years, but we were just too tenacious not to fail. Um, we ended up becoming franchisees for nine years. And at the eight-year mark, we weren't having fun anymore, and we're over $150,000 in debt, stressed out beyond belief. And that's when we were introduced to personal development. And that changed our life. June of 2001, walked into a room, stressed out beyond belief, $150,000 plus in debt, Three days later, we walk out with a new mindset, a new way of looking at things, and a strategy, a strategy to create a better life. And we were able to actually go from being $150,000 in debt to actually being completely retired, financially free, nine months later at the age of 32. Wow. wow. <laughs> and at that point, we went, this stuff obviously works. Yes. <laughs> right? <laughs> yes. And, and look, because I didn't believe in personal development up until then. My brother-in-law said, hey, there's this guy, and I'm about to date myself here, Brenda. It's all right. <laughs> okay, good, good. He said, here's this guy by the name of Tony Robbins. Yeah. I bought his cassette tapes. Right. He can listen to these cassette tapes. Yeah. And I'm like, hell no, I'm not listening to those. But I realized, and so often we dove into personal development. Mm -hmm. And that's when I found my passion. My passion was to teach because I realized if I could even help one person, one person do what my wife and I have been able to do 
go from that being deep in debt to being financially free, that would make it all worthwhile. Mm-hmm. And again, being passionate and tenacious, I end up creating the reality in the last 18 plus years, I've now personally trained over half a million people how to create better financial lives. I've been blessed mm-hmm. to travel all over the world several times. And I have a life that few people can achieve. They just dream about it. Right. And I did it all mainly by quitting being a people pleaser. And I know we're going to talk about that. Yes, yes, yes. So I just have to stop because the, the, the irony of some of this, and I can't remember how much we talked off camera before we set up our podcast interview, but you know, we have this other intersection with dominoes because, oh. uh, because I, when I was the ripe old age of 21, my husband and I, because I got married right out of high school. So we, we had been married a couple of years and yeah, <laughs> and had um, two kids. Um, I was 22. I had my second right, right um, after I turned 22. And we franchised with Domino's. He had gone, he had been hired as a manager, went through the, you know, manager regional director to get the franchise. And that's, we, we moved from Colorado to North Carolina and did an area franchise with Domino's for five stores. And we opened three stores and I had two more kids in, in about three or four years. And then we sold them all. Um, because now, so I'm a whole, you know, generation or so ahead or earlier than when you were with Domino. So we were doing this in 1983 to like 1986. I think we sold our stores early in mid 86. And then soon after that, we plummeted, like we just nothing else. My husband did for work work the next business we had failed we lost a lot of money in that you know we've got four kids so we're running through the money we made selling our stores uh, all kinds of things it's what brought the marriage problems we had it started bringing them to the surface where before i blamed the business right for mm-hmm. why my husband isn't involved and da 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 you know so it's way too big of a learning curve here to describe on one podcast <laughs> but what you said that struck me was I was at, so fast forward a couple of years after we've sold those stores. Now here we're only, I'm only 27 years old. We've sold them. We're living, I have my four kids. I want, I have two cars that are paid for a house that's paid for money in the bank. I mean, I, we've had so much success so young in our lives. And then year after year, you know, when you're not making any money and you lose some money, all of a sudden, that wheel goes backwards in a hurry and and nothing was improving in my marriage or in the way I felt like my husband was you know being with our kids and so fast forward a few years and I'm super depressed because I, and I'm like wait I followed all the rules I worked hard I was the good Christian wife I was supposed to be I you know all this up and I, I all I am is broke and miserable now you know, yep. so I think that, I mean, for me, that started my trajectory out of same thing, people pleasing, even though I didn't know it at the time. I mean, I didn't label it that I don't even know if anybody was at that point, but it doesn't matter what the label is. It's that we give up ourselves to do for another or, you know, 
do for or do the way they want or whatever, you know, fill in the blank. We've at our own expense, we've put ourselves aside and what we want in order to conform to some cultural idea, our parents' idea, our spouse's idea, you know, whatever mm-hmm. it is. And it's not sustainable in with happiness. You know, it does it does right. you end up becoming depressed. I'm the most optimistic person, you know, I've ever met, but I can get depressed too. When I go for too long, giving up myself, it's not what we're made for. I mean, I think it's really a self-love, self-survival test to get um, depressed because it's like that flashing light that we've got to start taking care of ourselves Oh yeah, and look at what we need instead of what we think all these other things outside of us need. So I know that you have... There's two things that I really want to cover here. I don't care which order we cover them in. (laughs) But but you said something before when we were offline that I just love that I think ties into this because when we are accustomed to living as a people pleaser where we're prioritizing all these people and society and all these other things, it feels very selfish or oftentimes even arrogant to choose ourselves to say, no, no, I'm going to stop this. I'm going to pay attention to me, what I need. And I'm going to actually name and claim the things I'm really good at. You know, Mm -hmm. like sometimes I'll say, like, I know what my genius is as a coach. And sometimes when I say that to other people, I can see they're, they're a little Mm -hmm. shocked that I actually will just say with a straight face, (laughs) I know where my genius is with this, you know, absolutely, because it feels we're so conditioned to believe that's arrogant. So your concept of owning our greatness and that not being arrogance, I want you to address that. And then the other thing I really want people to hear is this process. You have the four phases of life. So you Mm -hmm. unpack those two (laughs) things, however you want all you it sounds good. Well, and, and here's the beautiful thing because you're hitting it right on the head. And the fact that we have a connection over Domino's, dang. I know. Oh, I, oh my God. We could talk for hours. For I know. Hours. <laughs> yeah. And so let's, let's dive into the being you, first of all. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love a, a very dear friend of mine. Very dear friend. I love how he says it because we are taught don't brag, don't tell how good you are because that's bragging. And he says, People may call you self-centered, where in fact, it's actually you're being centered in yourself. Mm. And, and, and here's the thing, and, it, and what I, I think what caught your attention is what I had said is, it's about owning your greatness with confidence, mm-hmm. not arrogance. Mm-hmm. And there is a little fine line there. And, and a lot of times people have to go through their own journey, Brenda, to get this. Uh, Lord knows I did. No, again, being that people pleaser, yeah, I would put other people up on pedestals so high. The more I liked them, the greater I thought they would be, the more I thought I had to please them to get them to like me. And I'll tell you, you know, probably more than a lot of other people I talk to, how tiring people pleasing is. It is draining. It is draining. Yes, yes, yes. And one of two things happens. Either the person you're trying to please only wants to like you if you turn to be a certain way that they want, or they're going, 
why aren't you being authentic? Why aren't you being you? That's the person I love. Quit trying to be this other person. Right. And so this is where the same friend you talked about centered himself. I remember I was, one of my passions is, and one of my zones of genius, I train trainers. I can watch someone on a stage and tweak and adjust them and make them more authentic, more present. And I was teaching a full-on five-day program where I'm going, my students are going from 6 a.m. to 1 a.m. for five days straight ah. in this learning. And at the same time, I'm teaching six other trainers how to teach this program. So we're starting at least an hour before the students, wrapping up two hours after the students. We started a whole day before the training, finished a whole day after. So we're going through, and you know when you're tired, the layers of your onion peel away. Yes. And you get to the core. Yeah. Right? So I, I had my friend, he was doing a breakout session with my six trainers, teaching them how to be even more powerful presenters. And one of my students, one of the people I was training, he made a comment that made me flinch. He looked and he said, Robert, in the training arena, Robert is my guru. And I love him for what he does. And I didn't realize I had flinched a little bit. Now, my friend Aaron, he, makes, he reads people and he reads facial and body expressions. And he stopped Tom and he goes, uh, Robert, what, what just happened? Because he had caught me out of the corner of his eye. He said, why did you react that way? And I'm like, Aaron, Aaron, just keep going. You're doing great. He goes, no, I want to know why you reacted when Tom said that. I'm like, Aaron, it's, he says, the training's not going any further until you tell me what the hell's just going on. And he used a little more colorful word. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, fine. Yeah. I said, I don't like that word, guru. I said, I'm no different than anybody else. I'm me. And when someone calls me their guru, I don't like it. Mm -hmm. And my friend Aaron said this, and I'm going to have you do it for me for your listeners, Brenda. He said, Robert, I want you to spell the word guru. So Brenda, go ahead and spell the word guru. Okay. G-U-R-U. G-U-R-U. I didn't get it until it came out of my mouth. <laughs> right? Yeah. And in that instant, it went from being something I despised yeah. to being the greatest compliment I could receive. Mm -hmm. And because here's the reality, when you're you showing up in that greatness in confidence, not arrogance, mm -hmm. two things are going to happen. Some people are going to like you and some people aren't. Right. Those who like you, like you for who you are, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. Those who don't, that's awesome. Because guess what? Then you can eliminate that energy out of your life. Yes. And just yeah. by being you. So that's the first part is mm -hmm. just, just be you. You're yeah. not going to please everybody. There's over 8 billion people on this planet. And I know our minds go, but I got to please everybody. I've been there. Yeah. And it's tiring. It's, it's tiring. exhausting. Yeah. It is. And the moment, and, and here's kind of the beautiful side effect of this. The moment you truly start being you, you're going to show or realize the most amazing people start showing up in your life. Right. That you never even expected. Mm -hmm. Like I, there's days where I go, how did I attract being on stage with the Dalai Lama, Richard Branson, F.W. DeClerc, Stephen Covey Sr., Les Brown, Barbara DeAngelis, and Vision Lacchiani all in the same two days and getting yeah. to connect with them in the back green room? Yeah. How did I attract that? Yes. And genuinely wanting to have a conversation with me. Right. It's because I was being me. 
Mm-hmm. I wasn't sitting there going, oh my God, you're holy nipple. Right. right. Yes, because, so I don't want to get too off track here because we got to go to the other stuff, but that is so true. And I want everybody listening to really think about that for whatever you do, okay? Maybe you're not an entrepreneur. Maybe you don't relate to the Domino story or you're not, you know, whatever. But whatever you're doing in life, I don't care if you're a stay-at-home mom, if you're somebody's employee, if you have your own business, it doesn't matter. When you become, sometimes I will say the youest you, so same idea as your guru there, um, then people are attracted to you that want genuine, authentic relationships. So people who don't, people who are really superficial, people who are all about the show or all about the, you know, whatever, they won't, they won't be so interested. Okay, that's all right. But the people who love authentic people, which is a a large number of us, um, they'll just be so drawn to your energy. They want to know more about who you are. And it's a very natural process. But as as we shed some of the people in our lives that don't want that, like that's why I'm not married to that person anymore because after, you know, whatever, a year or something of me learning who my real me was and being that in our relationship, I mean, he just simply didn't like who I was. He wanted me to be the people pleaser. And when I wasn't willing to do that, he didn't want to be married to me. Well, he would have stayed married for religious reasons. I didn't want to stay married to somebody who didn't like me and said they didn't like me. So that was that. But so there is sometimes a law, you know, a a changing um, cycle in our relationships because some people we've picked up, they don't want us not to be people pleasers, but a whole nother batch of people who will just, they'll love you because you're not being a people pleaser, because you're being your authentic self. They will come into our lives and and you lose that, oh, I have to perform for them. I have to be good enough to have, how can I impress the Dalai Lama? Well, you know what, you can't. You show up as you and that's what they want, you know? Mm -hmm. So I I love that, thank you for sharing that. And now you can weave in, because I know these four phases, um, that you do the open thing. I love this. Um, we'll feed right into this for the practical magic of how we, um, you know, do these things in our lives. So take it away. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, before I do, I'll, I'll give kind of a quote that one of my mentors taught me when I was learning to be a trainer. He said, Robert, never be afraid to meet one of your students somewhere else in the world and have to figure out who to be. Yes. So, yes. yes. <laughs> right. And, yeah. and, and because of that, you know, that, that's the coolest thing is because of that, well, probably one of the most common questions I, my wife gets from people is, is Robert like that energetic and that stupid with his jokes yeah. every day? And she's like, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> that's, exactly, that's exactly who he is. So yeah. the four phases, and, and this, I, I will give, I'd love to give credit where credit's due. Even though I love teaching this, um, I, a friend of mine, another very dear friend, who for eight years, he was a monk, over 15,000 hours of meditating. And he then also studies quantum physics. Mm. And so he can tell you all about spirituality and then give you the science behind it. And I nicknamed him years ago, my quantum monk, 
Mm-hmm. He loved to teach, and he, he did this research and came up with this process that he calls with chaos modules. But he, he did it, and it's amazing, it's powerful, but it wasn't his passion to teach it. So I said uh-huh. to him, I said, Greg, I, I'm blown away. I would love to get this out to people. He says, then it's yours. And so I interviewed him a ton, just to get deeper understanding. I took it and put it into an acronym of OPEN, and he's just like, oh, my God, you, you just – that makes more sense than what I'd even, he says, like, even it allows you to open up your life. So the fact that, so it's really amazing stuff. And, and what it is, is this is four phases that we're going through, whether we like it or not, Brenda, every single day we're going through this. And the O stands for the observation phase. Now you've heard the saying that you're a human being, not a human doing, Mm -hmm. but when you're in the observation phase, you're actually a human creating. When you are in this phase, this is when it's curiosity. This is when you start thinking, what is it I really would love to have in my life? Vision boards. This is where you meditate. This is where you become centered in yourself even more. And vision boards. I love vision boards. Yeah. So this is the time you create those. So this is the time to just allow your imagination to go wild. Don't worry about how. Just what would I love? Who would I love to become? What would I love to accomplish? And you just start creating. Put it down. Meditate on it. Become centered. Just you create. That's the observation phase. The P is a phase that, well, I'm going to ask like this, especially let's go back to your Domino's Pizza days. Did you ever find those times when you were, things were just going amazing, but then all of a sudden it's like this brick wall turn up in front of you and it's like, what just happened? Right. Yeah. And the reason that happens is because most people miss this phase in their life or in their, in their cycles. It's called the pamper phase. Pamper phase. Pamper. This is the, yeah, the phase to take care of you. Oh, this is when yeah, you are the human being, right? <laughs> and, and this is where self-sabotage comes in because people go, I don't have time to take care yeah. of myself. And here, here's reality. You cannot give what you don't have. Yeah. When I became a trainer, in my first four and a half years of training, I did over 200 events in North America alone, multi-day events, 12 hours a day on stage on average, only two days a month at home. I got burnt out. Of course. Because I forgot to take care of me. Yeah. And so in the pamper phase, this is where you go on vacation. Mm-hmm. Or when you feel you're in the pamper phase, if you can't just go on a vacation, this is where you plan event vacation. Where would I love to go? Yeah. Where you go to the salon, you get your nails done, you get your hair done, you get a massage. Mm-hmm. It could be something as simple as, you know what? I'm taking 20 minutes and sitting down and just relaxing. Yes. This is about me. Yeah. You know, before, before the pandemic, for the last eight years, when I came out of retirement, because I got so burnt out, Brenda, I ended up taking a year off. Mm-hmm. But that year turned into three and a half years because A, I was burnt out, but B, I forgot to take care of my health. And I went through two back surgeries because I hadn't taken care of myself. Yeah. Right. I was giving so much. And look, ladies and gentlemen, when you're listening to this, know that everything that we're sharing, we come from our experiences, not theory of what we think should work or how it right. this is from living our lives, right? Yeah. And so when I came out of retirement, I said, I'm only doing 20 trains a year, no matter where in the world I am. So I still have six months off at home every year. Uh-huh. And I end up doing almost all my events overseas. So I still traveling over 200,000 miles a year flying. And people go, why are you on those long flights? Well, here's the reason. One of the big reasons, A, overseas, they're passionate about learning and they actually use the information. Unfortunately, <laughs> in North America right now, there's yeah. a lot of entitlement. Yeah, and, and I can I can do a whole series of why that is because yeah. there's science behind it. But the main reason, though, when I hop on a flight for 12, 13, 14, 15 hours, that's me time. 
Oh That's my, my gosh. Again, we are the same person. I will not work on an airplane. When I get on an airplane, it's me time. It's like I'm yeah. on vacation. I do whatever I want and I never work. Yeah. Exactly. I'm reading. I'm watching movies. I'm having great food. I'm yep. drinking great wine because, mm -hmm. you know, I also decided years ago when you talk about being you and, and really embracing it, with all the flying I do, I decided years ago I would never fly economy again. Yeah. And, and I need to take care of it. So the pamper phase is about taking care of you. Yeah. And most people miss it and they wonder why they self-sabotage. Okay? Yes, yes, yes. Now yeah. the E phase, that is the energy phase. The E stands for energy. This is when it's time to get stuff done. This is the human doing. So okay. documents, uh, meetings. Look, and, and here's why the pamper phase is even more important. Because when you're in the energy phase, I have days where I go because of all the time zones I deal with. Mm -hmm. I can do a 20, 22 hour day. And guess what? I can do them and be focused because I've taken care of myself in the pamper phase. Mm -hmm. So when I enter an energy phase, I am productive. And, and here's the difference. I'm productive, not just busy. Right. Oh, yes. Such a big So difference. many people. Right. When you don't take care of yourself in the pamper phase, you can be really, really busy. Busy. But you're not productive. And yeah. so often you'll find you end up with more time because when you're productive, you free up so much time. So that's yeah. the energy phase. Now the N is actually not the letter of the first of the first letter of the word because I needed an N, but I needed a word that fit. Okay. It's okay. <laughs> this is where creativity comes in. The the um, last phase is called the unclutter phase. Unclutter. Unclutter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Another way of calling it is chaos. Mm -hmm. And what happens is chaos enters into someone's life for a reason. Mm -hmm. We were meant to evolve. Yes. And. Chaos is the universe's way of making sure we keep evolving. Yes. And you have a choice. You can, you can actually um, volunteer to evolve. Mm -hmm. The universe will slap you upside the head till you're silly, making yeah. you evolve, plain yep. and simple. So the reason I call it the unclutter phase is because this is the time in this phase that you destroy something. Mm. Now, you went through an unclutter phase when you finally decided to let go of your relationship. Right. And it, was it an easy decision? Oh, I bet it was not. No. And you probably went through a lot of stress and struggle. But see, when you are courageously willing to destroy something, it might be a personal or business relationship. It might be something like, I've always, you know, for the last while, I've wanted a, a better car because I'm always doing repairs. Well, until you get rid of your old car, how do you expect you have space for a new car to come in? Mm -hmm. And so in this chaos or unclutter phase, this is the time, instead of resisting it, which most people do, look what's happening to me. Embrace it. Mm -hmm. Why is this going on? What do I need to do? And to really make it work for you, you can actually volunteer. Get this. You can volunteer to destroy something. Mm -hmm. And here's how simple it can be. You know what? To show the universe I'm willing to accept chaos but not have to struggle through it. Oh, I opened the fridge today and... There's some food probably I should have got out. I'm going to volunteer to unclutter my fridge today. Mm -hmm. Oh, I looked in my office and it's a little messy. I'm going to unclutter my office. See, when you unclutter, you clear out, you create space. Yes. And that's what the universe is looking for. And the distinction I put for people is this. Instead of being willing to live life, if you're courageous and you really want to get into your most authentic self and be you, courageously allow life to live you. Yes. Yes. So 
those are that's an uh, easy to say statement that has ten times more <laughs> meaning behind it than even just it takes to say it right. Like that's just a big. Yeah. So tell me a story of how you let life live you. Well, it's where we're at right now. March 10th of 2020, I arrived back in Canada from doing a three-day training in India. Okay. March 11th, I got locked down because of COVID. Right. My life changed. All of a sudden, I went from traveling all over the world, doing live events, to all my live events being canceled. And in it, for the first little bit, I actually got, I thought I had coronavirus. It's amazing what your mind can do. Yeah. I got so sick for a couple of weeks. My wife who refused to let me isolate because she's going to take care of me, got sick. And for two weeks, we could barely be awake a couple hours a day. Mm-hmm. But, and we went through that of, oh, shit, what's going on? What are we going to do now? Because we went in the victim role because it's like all of a sudden hundreds of thousands of dollars in revenue gone. Yes. Right? Yes. yes. But then we went, okay, take a deep breath. Because what people don't realize is the unclutter phase, when you embrace it, it puts you back into the observation phase. Yes. Yeah. And so it's two very powerful words that we use. Yeah. And I want your listeners to embrace these words. The words are what's next. Yes. What's next. So when my wife and I asked that question, we said, okay, we're, we're, we're done with being sick. We got our test. We're not, we don't have this COVID, whatever it is. What's next. And three years ago, we'd actually bought a beautiful executive acreage. We'd wanted one for years and we just hadn't had the time to find it. But three years ago or five years ago, we got serious. We looked at dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens, and we finally bought one and moved in three years ago with the intention that eventually, for me to slow down even more, we would build our own training center. So instead of me having to travel, students would come see me. Well, when we went, what's next? We went, well, um, Robert, you're home. Yeah. You've got time. Yeah. I think we're about to build that training center. And it took a lot of months of preparation. But what's interesting is right now, we're about two weeks away from the completion of a 1500 square foot training center that's built onto the back of my um, house with a thousand square foot prep area for it. And all of a sudden we've got this stunning, stunning training center that will allow me to do my virtual trainings where I'm actually gonna be on a stage, multiple cameras, video screens, so I can see my students. And all of a sudden we're actually accomplishing now what we said we wanted for years, but now we're doing it. We did that reinvention, but has it been easy? No. I, I, I never want people to think that just because I, I've done a lot in my life, mm-hmm. that life is easy, mm-hmm. success is easy. No, you got to put the freaking work in to get it done. Mm-hmm. You've got to overcome the obstacles in your mind to get it done. Mm-hmm. And you've got to work hard at it. But yeah. what people don't notice or realize, Brenda, did you realize more people are actually working harder, staying broke? Yeah. Than they do to be successful. Yeah. And so with that reinvention, we had to embrace the chaos that was going in. We thought COVID was going to be a short-term thing. It kept going on and on. So it's all of a sudden like, okay, I've got to go from, I was a contractor. I didn't have to worry about advertising. Well, now I'm learning about social media. I brought on my first virtual assistant because this is something that I can't take on. I don't have the time to do it. Or I probably do if I really wanted to, but is it the best use of my time? Right. So we've been going through a whole you know, courageously allowing life to live us phase for the last year. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, so many people have, um, because COVID was one of those things where because it shut down the whole world, 
every, you know, we're all affected in all kinds of ways. And it was uninvited. None of us, you know, saw it coming. None of us chose it, whatever. And so life does sometimes just bring things. And then other times, you know, we choose them. I mean, I chose to leave that marriage. That didn't happen to me. I, I chose to do that. Um, so it can go either way, but, but a lot of times things are very uninvited or unexpected. And I think that that ability, I think one of the fallacies is that it's easier, even if we don't think about this super consciously, that it's easier to just stay in the, whatever I'm in today, even though I kind of know, like somewhere I know It's not really probably working or it's probably not my best life, you know, (laughs) or whatever. But there's there's so much momentum to stay in the habits that we've all been creating and fostering and, you know, doing for so many years that to get outside of that habit. And that's how I think of all these things, all all the Mm -hmm dysfunctions and patterns and all the things they're just habits we do them all the time like driving the car brushing our teeth we don't think about them so to go change that you know something as silly as stop using your dominant hand Mm -hmm. i mean how much would that disrupt your day right yep yep and so we imagine that the disruption of changing these habits is going to be so great that (laughs) is it really going to be worth it? You know, and what people like you and I, who are are super devoted to it, um, you know, we're out here saying, yes, like, just do it, (laughs) do it. (laughs) Because the reward of making that change, the reward of choosing yourself, the reward of self-love. The, is it easy? No, 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 because no. easy isn't the word. And easy isn't what we're going for. What you're doing now, the whatever the patterns we're trapped in aren't easy either. They're just familiar. And yeah. so to change that into, let me take the, dis, the short-term discomfort of learning how to break that habit I've been having of being so focused on other people or learn a new thing like setting boundaries, right? Learning how to pamper myself, you know, learning intentional things. It's such a short-term discomfort for such an enormous long-term win. But you got to remember, Brenda, people don't know what they don't know. Yes. You would have told me 20 years ago that I would be traveling around the world acting live living a life of my dreams, I would have told you you were absolutely, because let's go back to Domino's. In our Domino's days, in the middle of it, even though we were stressed, we couldn't think of doing anything else because the whole culture of Domino's is, if you can't be successful in Domino's and you leave it, you're going to be nothing. Yeah. What do you think you'll ever accomplish? And until we got out of that. And so that's why I wrote Success Left a Clue because I ended up putting six steps that people, if they do it, because you're right, it's not easy, but success is simple. Yeah. Here's the distinction. If you find a system and you follow a system that works, then you can get it done, but you have to put the work in. And yeah. so that's why I went, you know, because knowing the mind, the mind and to the mind, especially the devil, you know, is better than the devil. You don't know. 
Yes. And it doesn't like change. So when that's why I put in those six steps to say, if you follow these steps, step by step by step, you can actually create the life you want. And here's the practical ways to get there at the same time so yeah. that you manage your mind so you get your mind out of the equation. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, that, that's so true. I love that. And of course, everybody, look at if, if you ch- check the show notes, you will see, of course, links to, you know, follow Robert and um, find him, but, but then also a link to get the book. And so Robert is offering the book to everyone. And so I'll have the link there in the show notes for you. So you can pick that up, Success Left a Clue, because you're going to want that as well. But I just have to say, I mean, we could go for hours, um, but I think that this will be a perfect place to just sort of wrap it up. And I guess I'll ask you, first of all, I'll thank you for your time and the wisdom you've shared, because I do think, you know, really, when we think about some of the great masters, and I think some of those people you mentioned, like like the Dalai Lama, even Richard Branson, I mean, I think he is a, an amazing human being. So much of what they say really is simple. And I think to me now, I know almost like the simpler it is, the wiser, it is, the more, the closer to truth it is, because we complicate things. And is it easy to implement? No, no, no. But that's a different thing. But it's simple. It's simple. Wisdom is a simple thing. What your soul wants is a simple thing. It's the letting go. I love Michael Bernard Beckwith is another person I follow a lot, love his teaching. And um, one of the things he says is like, on the road to enlightenment, there's nothing you need to gain, only things to let go of. We already have everything we need. That's why the truth is so simple. But we have to let go of all that stuff that says you're not good enough, all that stuff that says it's not enough, you're not enough, you know, all that stuff. And that's a big ass, you know, thing it to is. let go of, you know. It is. Which is why yep. you and I do what we do, because it yep. is my greatest joy, you know, whether it's in a group or one on one when you know that person's just had that moment of liberation, right? Because it's all for uh-huh moment. We do all of it for freedom, right? Yeah. And so being a part of that in somebody's journey is just, I mean, I'm getting goosebumps just saying it. So that's why, yeah. you know, I do what I do, you do what you do. And um, I'm just so grateful for the time and the wisdom that you've shared with us today. And I want to just let you also then just leave um, whatever your own, you know, parting thought or, or you know, takeaway that you want for everybody listening to the episode today. Mm, absolutely. Well, um, my parting thought and a gift, actually, a gift for all your listeners is that uh, the ebook version of my book, Success Left a Clue, the link that we'll put in your show notes, they will actually be able to download it for free as our gift to them for listening to your show but it's not a, a book to just read. It's a workbook. Mm. Step number three is take action. That's what most yes. people don't do. So I give action steps all the way through. But the parting words that I would say to your listeners is this, um, Brenda, is just be you. Mm-hmm. Be you. To, in my opinion, the greatest gift anyone can give this world is to show up for who you are. Plain mm. and simple. Mm. Beautiful. Wonderful. Well, thank you, everybody. And we will see you on the next episode of Liberate Your People Pleaser. 
I'm Brenda Florida, Certified Life Coach, and thank you for joining me for another episode of Liberate Your People Pleaser. I've got something a little special in the show notes for you today. It's my most popular download, the three-step guide to being seen and heard. This guide is going to help you in any relationship where you feel like you're not being seen and heard. It doesn't matter whether it's your lover or your boss or your mother, this thing works. So go get that for yourself. I also have the link to my private Facebook group, Liberate Your People Pleaser. If you're not already a member, you're going to want to join that right away. I post in there every day. You're going to find a like-minded community. And every Wednesday, I do a Facebook Live that's really fun called Cocktails and Coaching. And you'll want to join us for that as well. Last but not least, you would make my day if you put a photo, just take a little screenshot of maybe your favorite episode of Liberate Your People Pleaser and post it on social media and tag me. I love to hear about the episodes that mean the most to listeners. So thank you in advance for posting on social media and tagging me in that. So I will see you in the next episode of Liberate Your People Pleaser.